And welcome to season three of the JKR podcast presented by JKR Baseball. My name is Jay Shriglin and I will be your host. We're excited to continue the JKR podcast with season three of episodes. This season, we are expecting many great series with top-tier travel organizations across the country, while we also spotlight commits, collegiate, and professional players from across the United States. It is our goal to be the player's platform for all of prep baseball. As we continue to do this, make sure to stay on top of the J-Care podcast episodes, but also tune into the other features that J-Care Baseball presents. That includes blogs like the lineup card written by John Sparacco, player-based events like Battle of Indiana, Summit City Baseball Academy, and other events being announced very, very soon. With Season 3, that comes two new programs for athletes to enjoy. Those are the JKR Brand Ambassador Program and the JKR Athlete Creators Program. To stay on top of all these features, check out jkrpodcast.com to learn more. I genuinely appreciate everything you guys have done for me and the JKR brand over the past two years, and I hope to continue to build both the JKR brand and the game of baseball for years to come. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. Today's episode sponsor is Mind Baseball, located in Dallas, Texas. Their bats are made from 100% European beech wood, which allows for more density, which then leads to more power. I mean, who doesn't want more power? We all know chicks dig the long ball. Multiple studies prove that beech outperforms maple, birch, and ash that you're probably used to swinging. Beech wood straight grains mean for less breaks, and mine baseball exceeds the MLB regulations in that category. Are you also frustrated with seeing the dried paint spots on your barrel? Mine Baseball uses a family secret technique that leaves a perfect finish every time. If you set their bat next to another brand, you will make sure that you see the difference. Lastly, they also use a built-in grip to reduce vibrations. It is the same technology that is used to reduce recoil in rifles. Make sure to check them out. Go find them on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, on Instagram, their username is at mine, M-I-N-E, baseball. Check them out, but let's dig into today's episode. Jake Hara Baseball is ecstatic to announce Cradle Batweights as the official sponsor of the Ohio Baseball Series. Check out the all-new Cradle Swing Trainers at cradosports.com. This weight is unlike any other weight available. It is designed to be attached at the hands, given optimal benefits. This unique placement will improve hand speed, bat head speed, exit velocity, and power, all while creating proper swing mechanics. The cradle bat weight can be used with T-work, front toss, machines, and even batting practice, all while using your own bat. More benefits can be found at cradosports.com. Cradle bat weights range from 10 ounces to 40 ounces, ensuring that the perfect weight for all levels. Visit Kratosports.com and use the code Krato10 for 10% off. Other products offered through Kratosports are tees, nets, weighted balls and back grips, high-quality training aids, and competitive prices. Check out Kratosports.com today, and let's dig into the episode. Today's episode sponsor is Mind Baseball, located in Dallas, Texas. Their bats are made from 100% European beech wood, which allows for more density, which then leads to more power. I mean, who doesn't want more power? We all know chicks dig the long ball. Multiple studies prove that beech outperforms maple, birch, and ash that you're probably used to swinging. Beech wood straight grains mean for less breaks, and mine baseball exceeds the MLB regulations in that category. Are you also frustrated with seeing the dried paint spots on your barrel? Mine Baseball uses a family secret technique that leaves a perfect finish 
every time. If you set their bat next to another brand, you will make sure that you see the difference. Lastly, they also use a built-in grip to reduce vibrations. It is the same technology that is used to reduce recoil in rifles. Make sure to check them out. Go find them on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, on Instagram, their username is at mine, M-I-N-E, baseball. Check them out, but let's dig into today's episode. And welcome back to the Jay Carroll Podcast. Today we have Force Ohio National Corner Infielder and right-handed pitcher, 2024 Kent State signee Sawyer Solitaria here on the Jay Carroll Podcast for the Ohio Baseball Series presented by Cradle Batweight. Sawyer, pumped you to hear on the show this week. You know, we're down here to, I believe this is going to be the second last week of this Ohio Baseball Series. So pumped to have you here on the show as we wrap up this series, man. But how are you doing tonight? I'm doing really good. Uh, just glad to be here. Um, having a great night, having a great day. Just got back into school. Just loving everything so far about the new year. Okay, awesome. You're great to hear, man. Get the year kicking off right. But um, you know, before we do dig into you know your travel baseball experience, your high school experience, you going there to Kent State as well. Um, I got one question I like to ask everybody to get the podcast started. That is for those who don't know you. How would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Sawyer Solitaria? Well, just to introduce myself, um, obviously I'm Sawyer Solitaria. Um, I attend St. Ignatius High School in Cleveland, Ohio, and I'm from North Olmstead, Ohio. I live in North Olmstead, Ohio, and I just love everything about baseball. I just, I, my great passion, I literally, that I love my family. I just love everything about life. Okay. All right. So do you want to dig into the travel baseball scene here to get it started? See that you're playing for Force Ohio National. So kind of want you to take us through your travel baseball experience. I'm sure it's maybe came to an end with you being a guy in the class of 2024, but you know, take us through these past couple of years playing for them, potentially playing for some other teams, you know, kind of give us the rundown on that travel baseball experience. Well, yeah. Um, travel baseball has always been a big thing in my life. Um, Early on, it was just pretty slow, but um, like with the small tournaments, not going out of state too much, but um, like 13U, it hit. We went to Ripken Experience, and we had a phenomenal time down there, played really well. Then 14U, 15U, 16U, 17U was so much out of state and just so much competition. Um, I don't even know if I can wrap my hand around it, but so many great teams that we played. Um, these past two years, I would say 16U, 17, 17U, uh, we were pretty much out of town like every single weekend for two straight months after coming off a of high school season. It was, it was pretty ecstatic, um, really like fast pace and just not getting too much of a break, but uh, obviously there's break in there with summer and stuff like that. Not too much school. Um, so got the mental, mental break, the physical break, but um, for definitely for travel six and you, um, it was pretty good coming off uh, playing a really good high school season. Um, I was ready to get back after it and be there with a bunch of teammates that obviously did well in the um, spring and just coming from so many different schools. It's good to like reconnect with those guys and just see where they're all at in life. Um, stuff like that. But 17 U, pretty much the same story besides the fact that I think the competition was like five times harder. We were playing crazy teams like Canes Midwest and just like teams up like up in those like categories, just, up top 100 just really getting after like if you're not locked in then it's going to be a interesting rude awakening for yourself but um 
yeah, I love the competition, just getting after it. Uh, that's what the main thing I would take away from summer travel baseball is the competition level is so much higher than high school because you're playing out of kids from out of state. They all play different than the kids in Ohio. So it's just like you love seeing the competition. You love seeing the heart with everyone that goes out into the field and play. Yeah, for sure. So you talk about there in the summertime, you know, it's always good to, you know, reconnect with some of those buddies who are playing on some other high school teams. Kind of take us through, you know, over the years playing for this Force Ohio team. What have been some of those relationships with some of those teammates you've been able to build? Um, well, 16 years, like, we had a pretty set schedule. We um, set lineup and set roster. We had, like, three new guys come in. And I think our team, we all, like, know each other. And we all live in the same state. So it's really, like, we're all close to each other. So we even, like, when it's, like, our off season or – off time we'll see each other at each other's games we'll go to each other's games so we're all still talking to each other and stuff like that but um so yeah I think the connections are 100% there but um I on my team we had a couple of guys that went to my school so it's like you see them all year and it's you're on like your platform then you gotta get with other guys that are have like different ideas but everyone like comes in the middle and just meets at a good common ground it's really good to see 17 new it's like we had maybe like two three new guys after that we got rid of some but we had some kids that were absolute dogs and just helped us uh so much during the summer and not just that they weren't just helping us out they're helping out every other people on the field just helping them become new players like obviously there's ups and downs in baseball but uh those new kids and all the people were just so close together in such a short amount of time that there was not that many negatives on our team, but uh, yeah, everyone was really, really close to each other. I'd say. Yeah, I'm sure. So you said that that there were a couple, you know, those Saint Ignatius guys there on that Force Ohio team, but I'm sure you are playing some of those other teammates you got going on there in Force Ohio throughout the spring. So, kind of, what's that like going from teammates to opponents with some of those guys you have as teammates in the summer? Um, of course, in the summer it's like all fun and just it's obviously down to business, but like. When you get to the field in the spring, you're having a good time like in the pregame. You'll have a good time after the game. But when when you're facing those guys, it's like, oh, I got to beat them. Like, there's no there's no way I'm letting these guys be better than who I am. Like, I got to win everything. Going on the field, playing hard on the field. Like, literally just every aspect of the game, you just want to do better than that person because it just gives you that, gives you that adrenaline that really just puts you on just, you know stuff like that yeah so uh kind of sticking on that topic of relationships here again you playing so long there with that force ohio team what was the relationships you were able to make with some of those coaches there on that organization within that organization oh yeah so i was i've been here at force for like a while maybe like 10 plus years uh was there since i was like nine yeah probably like nine u i played for a different team in nine u but i also like played tournaments with them because they were in tournaments before a lot of the other teams because uh, they were strong. They were a really strong team at first. But we had, like, I'd say two or three different coaches uh, throughout the years. So, But, like, from the past 13U to 17U, we've had the same coach. Um, I'd say, like, from a younger, younger stage, we had some great coaches. But, like, we really brought in this one guy and uh, Larry Mosley. Uh he really just pretty much connected, I'd say connected everyone. He was cutthroat, just really good guy, really fun time. Like 
obviously he let you have a good time on and off the field, but when he wanted you to get things done, you you had to really lock it in and just get things done pretty much. For sure. So kind of looking back on this past summer, obviously 17 U's more of kind of like that last summer for traditional travel baseball. Are you planning on playing 18 U ball at all, or are you kind of done with the travel baseball scene? Uh, I think we're going to get a bunch of like graduates from uh, our force teams and like put us all together in like some college baseball like tournaments, like older older teams like that. I doubt we'll play down, but I think we're just gonna be at that high level. It'll be a couple kids from uh, my grade and a decent amount of graduates, so we can like. For us, I would say really get into that like college level and really get get after it because we don't really know. Obviously, we've been in high school ball for the past four years. We don't really know what college is like, but we have people coming from college to play with us at all, like really give us some good advice before yeah, we go so, for freshman seasons. Yeah, yeah. so kind of what, what's that excitement and maybe some of those expectations you have for this upcoming summer playing against that older competition? Uh, yeah, um, I think it's a really a learning experience because obviously you're not always going to face guys that are the same age, but that's just like high school ball. But I feel like in college, so many people make huge jumps and just become dominant players. Like, obviously, they're going to be dominant in like our younger ages and like, like 18 you, but um you still want to go out there and compete and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I really think it's just going to be a good challenge for me and just for everybody else that comes to the field ready okay. to play. Okay. So kind of looking back on your travel baseball experience so far, again, you said you've been there at force for, you know, almost 10 years now. Um, so looking back on all these years playing summer ball, kind of traveling the country with that team, take us through maybe some of those favorite travel baseball memories that you have that come to mind. Uh, yeah, I think uh, definitely 13 you the ripping experience that I was like just talking about. It was probably one of our bigger tournaments, and obviously that was like the draft five days. So uh, those those were fun times. But uh, we played really good competition, really good teams from out of state, and I think that was one of my favorite memories because we played pretty well in that tournament, got to championship, runner up. But that was like one of the obviously one of the tournaments towards the end of the season. But it gave us that boost towards the next season that would like bring our confidence up and bring like our passion up for the game and uh, really go out there and give it our all because we know what we're capable of. And probably my second favorite memory was the uh, this past year, 17 year, we played in the PBR National Championship. And I don't think that we're like that crazy, like known team out there like Kings National, but um, we came there to do what we do. And I don't know, maybe people doubted us, but I think we went really far into the tournament. We got really far in there and just pretty much gave it our all. So I think that was a really showed obviously what we're capable of and just boosted everyone's confidence a lot. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, kind of making that transition from travel baseball here to the high school side, you know, you there at St. Ignatius, I do hear a lot of great things about them as I've kind of gone through this Ohio baseball series these past couple of weeks, but um, just kind of take us through your high school experience so far. You know, your freshman, sophomore, going through your junior spring last year as well. Kind of take us through what the high school experience been like so far. Yeah, so, like, obviously starting freshman, like, starting freshman year, we had all that COVID stuff. And 
I wouldn't say it was connected to most of the people that were on campus because they would have us like split. They'd split up the uh, like kids that went to the school because there's like, I don't know, like 1700 kids there. So we'd like split that up and you'd only see like half your class. And that was kind of something that wasn't that exciting. But, and then we got to zoom meetings where you like started to see everybody's faces. Then um, obviously got to freshman springtime and people were all back in classes and stuff like that. But obviously going into the seasons, you still, you still get to see like all your friends and stuff like that. But when we got to the tryouts, I was like really going into it, just really trying to make a name for myself. Cause I know like the, older guys aren't going to want to like little freshmen playing over them or just being there trying to show them up. But uh, yeah, I started on like kind of started on JV during tryouts just to like see where I'm at. And then I got a call up to uh, varsity as a freshman and in the preseason game, uh, hit a bomb in the preseason game as a freshman. And that was my, you know, telltale. Like from there I was, four-year varsity starter um yeah stuff like that freshman year I had a great time but those guys are in college but they're doing good um yeah. sophomore year um I was ready to be back because I was ready for another varsity season and uh, I had a really good time playing with um still older kids but I was still young and still playing over like these older kids but uh, I still had really good season. Um, I think I, I think I was all state that year. Um, but no, yeah, I played really well that year. Had a great time once again. We went to Florida for the first time. We went out of state for the first time since COVID started. So that was a really good experience. Like team connecting. We all stayed in this big house. It was really nice. Um, definitely this past year, it was like all over the place. Went to South Carolina on a bus. And it was like maybe like a nine hour trip, but um, it was a really good season. But mostly the takeaway I'd say from these past three years is the discipline that this program offers us. Like they're not just going to let you lollygag around and just do whatever you want. Just but like before the season and in the season, they have like us on a planned schedule that really gets us down the business and getting us to do what we need to do to prepare for that upcoming season. Yeah, so uh, d definitely no nerves there going into that first A-B there your freshman year, hitting a, hitting a bomb over the fence and kind of, you know, submitting that role as a freshman. But, um, you know, you going through being a starter there your freshman, sophomore, junior year, going to be a four-year varsity starter. Kind of take us through maybe how that leadership has evolved here over these years, going from an underclassman to a junior last year to a senior this spring. Um, kind of take us through how that leadership looks like for you. Uh, yeah, freshman, sophomore year, I feel like it was kind of the same. I was still – little a little kid playing with the big dogs on varsity um there were many older kids in me and they were also like the leaders and stuff like that so I was just there to try and lead by example and not let the people that are above me get down because they're the people that people like me look up to so I always just try keeping them in check and always just trying to keep their confidence up this past year um there was obviously I was a junior now, so I had to take on a little bit more responsibility, but obviously there were still older kids. Um, but with their new freshmen, new freshman players, new sophomore players on the varsity squad, um, I had to step up and you see sometimes they're scared to talk to the older kids like seniors. So you got to like step in there because you're like kind of in the same age, age range. But um, yeah, stuff like that. You just got to like connect with them, make them feel good, 
uh, create that little chemistry that it's just the little things. Yeah. So, so being a senior this upcoming spring, kind of take us through with those expectations that you have for not only the San Diego team, but also for yourself going into the spring. Oh yeah. Some little expectations I got is um, I think I'm just trying to like dominate this year. Like this is my year. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to do everything I can to bring home a state championship, maybe break some records along the way. Cause I've had so many opportunities to do great things. Um, but yeah, it's my senior year. Um, obviously I'm trying to be a leader, not just by example this year and more vocally, like people look up to me. I know that. And I really have to be there for the younger kids and like get them comfortable. Like they know they're good, but they just, obviously they're going to be at a higher age range than they have been the past couple of years. So you just got to like give them their, their confidence and like, you got this, like, you know what you can do. Like, you know, you can do it on the big stage. You just gotta, you just gotta have that mental preparedness. Like I just want to be a vocal, vocal leader this year and just help everyone around me. Like I want to be that guy that graduates San Ignatius that was just like a guiding person for most people. Yeah, for sure. See, see your name all over those, uh, those record books, you know, have people remember you there for years to come there at San Ignatius. That, that but, too, that too. Um, uh, so you kind of look as you kind of look back on these three years playing at that varsity level there in Ohio, kind of take us through what that competition level is looking like in terms of maybe some teams you guys got circled on the calendar, maybe some other division one commits that you're playing. Kind of take us through what that competition level is looking like there on the night and not night in and night out basis. Um, yeah, I I know our schedule is gonna be tough again this year, but um I don't know who exactly who we're playing. Our coach uh he kind of likes to keep it secret till everything gets sorted out so people don't start like overthinking and stuff like that. Like we know, like we know who we are. Don't really matter what team we play. Um, we just got to give them a good competition and really play our hearts out. Just, it doesn't really matter who you're playing. you got to show up and you've got to lock in and play your game. You know what you can do. You know what everybody else can do. You just got to put those strings together and work as a team. Um, other things like that. I mean, this year, this year is going to be different in the spring because we are, fortunately, we're going to Japan for yeah. uh, okay. our spring break. We're going to Japan for our spring break. So um, mostly my takeaway from that, just like what I'm being prepared for, I, I'm prepared for a culture shock. Those guys, those guys over there, they're different. They are so different. They're, everything they do is organized and they, they're the ones that get down to business. There's so much more, they have more heart, I feel like, but um they have more organization they just have more chemistry like I'm just ready for a culture shock but um I still want to play my game I still want to go out there and just give them the best I got show them what I guess show them what America is about like I want to go there and play we're going to play good competition I want to go out there and show them a good game yeah for sure I th I see I thought it was you guys that was headed out to Japan I remember I talked to uh um, I think Taylor Bells is there, right? As yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah, I talked to him there probably about a month, month and a half ago or something, and he mentioned that I couldn't. I thought it was him that said it, but then again, like I talked to so many guys throughout the week, I couldn't remember if it was exactly him. But I believe you guys are facing that uh, that new Vandy commit, right? When you go to Japan. Oh, I have no idea. I really look at the roster. I think I think Taylor. I guess I don't want to spoil it for you, but I think Taylor said that you guys are facing that new Vandy commit, that new power hit that. Um, power hitting guy from Japan that's uh, going to Vandy. So I'm sure sure that's going to be a cool experience kind of seeing him play. And again, you talk about having a culture shop. I'm sure it's going to be a cool experience for you guys. But um, kind of one last topic here before we kind of move on to the whole recruiting process. 
you know, as you look back on these past three years, again, that Japan trip is going to be a great memory, but these Pat, your freshman, sophomore, and junior seasons, take us through some of those favorite memories that you have when you talk about your high school experience so far. Uh, I think my best freshman memory is definitely um, this walk-off I had against this uh, rivalry team. Um, they're literally our biggest rival. Every time we play them, we call it the Holy War. We're the two like big powerhouse Catholic schools, like right next to each other. Um, yeah, that game was electric. Um, as a freshman, just you wanted, you had the opportunity to do something big, and you got you got to take the opportunity and really do your best. Like I had, um, I remember it was an at bat where I had a three one count. This guy was kind of all over the place, like dot dot in the bottom right corner. Um, so three one count. I was like, mm, should I take a walk? Bases were loaded, but. I was like, I need a swing. I want a swing. Ball was right there. I got it. Pit, pitched it up the middle and walk off. Um, that's my greatest memory throughout all high school, but mostly my freshman year. Yeah. So when you say walk off, you mean walk off green slam, right? Ah, um, walk off single. Pitch walk off, okay. Middle. All right. I was going to say, wish. walk off green slam there, you know, around the base and seeing all the, you know, that other team just walk out to the dugout. Yeah, be a pretty like, good feeling. But, you know, any, any walk off's a good feeling. So, uh, of course, yeah. Especially uh, against a rival school. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, no, I, I heard a lot about that Holy War from Taylor. And I think I had someone else from that team, uh, from the other team, too. But, um, kind of making that transition again to the recruiting process. Obviously, you go into Kent State, you know, you'll be there next fall. Kind of take us through what that recruiting process was looking like for you. Um, so from like the early age, like eighth grade, ninth grade, uh, I was just really like talking to schools, just talking to like big, pretty big schools, um, uh, a couple power fives here and there. Um, it was a lot of like talking, uh, not too much, not too much crazy, just like keeping in touch with guys. Um, but then uh, sophomore year came along and uh, I started talking to Ohio State more during the uh, off season and, um, I ended up committing there uh, my sophomore year. And then, see, at this point, like, Kent State wasn't really in the picture because I was already fully committed to Ohio State. And then after that sophomore year, then we had a completely – they had a completely big coaching change, new head coach, like, almost knew everything. And um, I don't know if it was me or them, but they, like, kind of came out of contact. I was trying to contact them, but – they weren't really like, I don't know, on the same page. They had to deal with stuff, but I just didn't think it was the right fit for me. Like I heard them heard some things that um, I, that wasn't really on my plan. So I decided to open it back up, talk to a couple of schools. Um, then Kent State came on the board and they were literally excited with everything they saw about me. Um, I talked to like every single one of their coaches. I visited there like three different times, just saying what's up and just really connecting with everybody there, uh, pitching coach, head coach, recruiting coach. But no, those guys really like felt when they talked to me, it felt like home. Like I could see myself here for the next four years and just gave me that come through, come through the ability um, that uh, I really wanted to be with my next four years. Um, yeah. They also offered me like a good, like, position like they wanted me they wanted me to play when I get there so um hopefully that's a good plan um they want me to two-way too and that was really my uh really my hope with uh, the recruiting process I wanted to do both until it came down to one or the other so, so you said yeah so you said there that the recruiting process kind of got started there for you you said eighth to ninth grade you know you started to talk to a couple schools kind of you know being in contact with them 
it's going to take us through. It's going through your mind at that point, you know, being a middle schooler, being a freshman there in high school, you're talking to some college baseball programs Kind of take us through what's going through your mind as you're still, you know, three and a half, four years away from stepping foot on campus. Oh yeah. That was, it was kind of crazy. Like um, I feel like it was my eighth grade summer. We had this thing um, just like this little showcase with a uh, um, bunch of good players around the state. And uh, like, I just, first came in contact with uh, a couple schools that that summer and I was like holy like holy crap this thing's real like people actually want me yeah. um yeah people actually want me like they want me to come to their college and stuff like that and um I was like freaking out like like this thing's a real deal like I gotta I gotta start talking to these coaches and fits fits what best what's best for me like it boosted my confidence definitely that too um, I was so pumped up to just be talking to all these different colleges. And when it came down the wire, I just had to obviously make a decision. But um, it was crazy from a young age. Like, it was so much – it was so much new to me, like, just talking to older people, like, how much – like, what they saw in me just made me feel good. So, as you're kind of talking to some of these programs there, you know, early on your, your eighth-grade freshman year, like, hopping on phone calls for the first time, kind of take us through what maybe some of those – Initial conversations are looking like, you know, what, what were maybe some questions that you were asking the coaching staff? Maybe what are some questions they were kind of asking you? Take us through what some of those initial uh, phone calls were looking like with those coaches. Uh, just like the initial phone calls, it was uh, it was pretty basic. I was just like, so like, what's like the everyday schedule, stuff like that? Like, what's going on there? Like the culture, stuff like that. And then also like the like the chemistry with the team, like what do you guys do on your free time that like really like shows out as a program? Like how connected are you guys like off the field? Um, that was really important stuff to me because I like seeing guys hanging out off the field, not just, not just in a baseball aspect. Like you got to know your guys off the, on and off the field, stuff like little stuff like that. Yeah. So as you were going through the initial process that landed you there at Ohio state, you know, you, you talked about having, you know, a good, good, having good conversations there with coaches, but beyond that, what were some of those other key things you were looking for within those programs as you were deciding between those first couple of schools there, you know, early on in the beginning? Um, yeah, I think my biggest thing was what they wanted me to do at their college, like stuff like that. Um, I would see the pitching and the, playing the corners like I wanted to do that in college so when Ohio State offered me that excuse me that opportunity um I was ecstatic it's like obviously growing up in Ohio Ohio State's the big school in Ohio State in the state of Ohio and um, I was just really pumped to get an offer from them um so obviously I took it it's my dream school like I grew up bleed die Ohio State and stuff like that so I was really just really wanted to get into that program as fast as I could. Yeah. So you go ahead, you commit to Ohio State, you know, they get the new coaching staff, you go ahead, maybe decide it's not the best for you. Go ahead, decommit, kind of take us through what that second recruiting process was looking like, maybe how you would compare the initial one to the second process, kind of take us through that comparison. Uh, Yeah, I think it was a lot different. Um, still younger, like uh, sophomore year, I don't, I wasn't like fully aware of everything that was going on, just like the little things. But um, after I decommitted, I was like, so this like this is this things you got to take this seriously. Um, you got to get down to the little aspects of what these coaches want from you. And uh, I opened my recruitment for maybe like a couple months. Um, it was 
a year after I committed, I committed again. And, um, yeah, it was just really fast, uh, really quick. Just I thought I was going to be there, like, my whole college career. And then things changed just like that, just like that in the college world. Um, yeah, they really hopped on – Kent State really hopped on me as fast as they could. And um, they weren't backing down. They wanted me. So I was really – I was, and they had to talk to me and – I really enjoyed talking to them every single moment I could. Yeah. So as that, as that second recruiting process was kind of getting, you know, com coming to an end, you're getting closer and closer to committing to Kent state. It's what, what was that final click that made you realize Kent state was going to be the spot for you? Um, the last thing that made me uh, commit was definitely my last visit there. Obviously I talked to the coaches and stuff like that, but I got this interaction with the players and, not too much you get around the players when they're having practice. So I came out for a practice one day and I was talking to the people who like weren't like everyday players. Maybe they were injured or like just just they were just happy to be there. They were ha happy to like be with all their brothers on the field, on and off the field. Um, yeah, just like the little connections, like the big guys were friends with the little guys, like everybody on that team was important. And I just love that. Yeah. So you talk about that connection you have there with, you know, those guys there on your visit, I guess kind of looking ahead there to when you do step foot on campus there next fall, what are those relationships looking like with some of those future teammates, whether that's guys there now or even guys in your committing class? Yeah. So we had one kid from San Ignatius commit there. He's um, Blake McNamara. He's a senior there right now. So I don't know if I will see him next year, but um, yeah, he, he was kind of influenced on why I committed that too. He, he was, all for Kent State, just everything was so good. And also started talking to a lot of the freshmen there at Kent State, and I was just, like, asking what their daily schedule was because I know them. I played them last season. Um, some of them I played last season. And um, everything everything I heard back from them was literally positive and everything I wanted to hear. Yeah, so sticking on that topic of relationships again, kind of take us through what those relationships are looking like there with the coaching staff there at Kent State. Oh, yeah, those guys are um, literally probably like a second part of me. Um, I think they're like almost just like me. They uh, talk to me. They text me frequently asking what I'm doing, just loving what I'm doing. Um, they're doing the same things I'm doing sometimes. Uh, uh, those guys are like big outdoors guys. And growing up, my dad's been always been like an outdoors guy. And I, I don't really like staying in the house too much. I like being out there. Uh, I love uh, just like hunting, fishing stuff little stuff like that like those guys have the, like almost the same hobbies I do even though they're the age difference is <laughs> obviously bigger yeah. they yeah. enjoy so, the things I do so yeah so uh, I know you said you know next summer you're planning on potentially playing for that force Ohio team maybe going playing up against some uh, current collegiate guys already but beyond that has Kent State really told you an idea of you know what their plan is for you next summer like are you planning on getting to campus a little early you plan on getting there normal time what exactly is that looking like at the moment uh at the moment I'm not really sure what uh I don't think I doubt I'm getting there early I think it's just the same as like all the other students uh because that's what happened to the kids last year so um yeah they came on campus when everybody else did it wasn't like anything early um okay. yeah stuff so, yeah yeah, I know. I know some schools like to have their guys there a couple of weeks early, so I always like to double yeah. just to see. But you know, as you look ahead there to next fall, you know, getting on campus, playing up with some of those uh, guys who are a couple years older than you, what's that mindset going into the fall to maybe you know prove yourself 
to, you know, that new coaching staff, to some of those new teammates that you have, take us through what that mindset is the next fall. Um, next fall, I think my mindset um, obviously flips from high school. Like I'm not the big dog anymore. At, I'm not older than everybody now. Everybody could be like in their fifth, sixth year college at Kent State. And I'm just, the uh, I'm the one on the bottom until I really prove that I could hang around with these guys and help out the team as much as possible. Like, I need to be working hard in the classroom, on the field, in the weight room, all those things that add into showing that you want to be on the roster in the springtime. Yeah. So uh, you talk about, you know, being, well, okay. So as we kind of talk about next fall, I just kind of take us through maybe that excitement you have, you know, being with that collegiate coaching staff for the first time, you know, day in and day out and just learning from them. How do you see yourself evolving? And then kind of what's that excitement you have for working with that college coaching staff? Um, working with that college coaching staff. Um, I think they're literally just going to be crazy mentors. They all have different, they're all going to have different ideas than all my past coaches and uh, really just working into a new coaching staff. That's, stuff stuff's different like they they're gonna want me to do something and I'm gonna have to obviously follow them because they know what's best for me and they're gonna push me to be the best player I can best play, player and person I bet yeah for sure so you talk about being a two-way there at that next level I guess kind of what's the plan Are you planning on being a third baseman first baseman at the next level alongside pitcher what's that looking like here yeah for the past like two seasons I haven't played third much um, I definitely think I could do it but uh I really stuck to first for the uh past like two years just because it's been easier on my arm and uh it's still a valuable position uh mostly easy on my arm on my arm because I still got to pitch too and uh get those inning in, innings in when I'm not playing first base um also like the first base defense stuff like that that's stuff's important too like you got to be a wall out there um but yeah that's I'm thinking mainly first base and uh, pitching because I've been there for the past two years and I'm really comfortable with that. Okay. So, I mean, I know, you know, working as a two-way, you know, that's not an easy job, you know, having to do double the work as some of the other guys. So what's that training look like as a two-way, you know, in the off season and in season as well? Um, yeah. In the off season, it's going to be, it's going to be a workload. Like I'm going to be doing my stuff maybe I'm doing it maybe like three hours a day now it's gonna turn into like maybe five or six on certain given days like the work the work's not gonna be easy at that next level it's gonna be two times harder than whatever I'm doing now because that stuff's like life-changing up at that level like it's people's jobs that you're trying to keep up there it's not you're just gonna be there they can do whatever they want with you up there because if you're not doing your stuff then they have every right to do whatever they want with you. So you got to, you got to work. You got to do everything that they want you to do or anything on your free time too. Yeah. So I kind of want to dig into, you know, it's kind of two, I guess, two mini segments here. I want to dig into the hitting side. I want to dig into the pitching side as well. I guess we'll kind of start off with the hitting side. Um, kind of take us to kind of take us through your hitting approach. You know, let's say you're on deck walking up to that batter's box, kind of what's going through your mind. What are you trying to do with each at bat? Um, yeah, with most at bats, uh, it kind of my first at bat, um, I think can be completely different than all my other at bats because if I'm like three or four in the lineup and there's people on base, then I got a situation I got to take care of. Like, I'm not going to just try and go up there and just rope one out of the park. Like, I got to do a job, and that job's going to be more important than 
me uh, put one out. Like, of course, putting one out, it's fun and all, but you got to do your job. Like, you got to know the situation. You got to, you got to really do, do your thing. Yeah. So are you big, are you a big two strike approach guy? You kind of keep it the same, no matter what the count is. Uh, I think I, I usually keep it the same, no matter what the count is, because um, if I'm going to change up things in the middle of that, then my timing is just going to be completely different. Like I'm going to, obviously I'm going to see multiple different pitches, but I want that my timing to be the same so I can adjust to anything. So on the mechanic side here, kind of take us through, you know, from that load up to that follow through kind of what are those mechanics looking like when you're in the box? Uh, when I'm in the box, like I put my bat down uh, on the plate, measure it. I put my uh, put my bat on the far side of the plate from where the batter's box is. Boxes. And then I uh, line up with my feet. Um, I kind of take my feet, um, separate them a little bit. Like obviously I'll, they'll be in line with each other, but I move my front foot, um, my uh, front of my foot on the left on my left foot will be like a little scooched back. So I have like, so I'm a little open, stuff like that. Um, But I like, I like being a wide, I'm a wide stance guy. I get low, stick my butt out. Um, I like um, feeling my, um, my back leg. Definitely. I'm not like a big leg kick guy. I kind of like rock back and get my, make sure my barrel's facing the catcher when I'm swinging and just let it fly. Like stuff, just stuff like that. Like you got to. You got to know, you got to have a routine up there. Okay. So making that switch to the pitching side, take us through that pitching repertoire. You know, what, what are those pitches? What are some mental cues to go along with them? Kind of take us through that repertoire. So, yeah, I throw like a, I throw a fastball, curveball, change up. Um, my fastball is definitely my go-to right now. Um, nobody can really touch it if I am on with it. If I put it where it needs to be in certain situations, then it's going to be a pitch that you're not going to want to see coming or, um, not gonna want to face, but um, just be locked in with that. Then everything else is smooth cruising. Uh, curveball, uh, curveballs. I've been working with it this past two years. I've changed grips a couple times, changed motion. Um, but I'm really, I really like getting out front on the ball, putting it, putting it. Uh, I usually aim for like the batters um, around his pec, pectoral area, and my catcher's left side. So a kid like really, it won't hit the batter, but it'll get out. So he'll think it's uh it's gonna stay in, but it'll really like dive out at the end. Um, counts like that. He's like oh two, like one two, but um, also I got my changeup. Uh, I use my changeup when I see hitters that are like they're right waiting for my fastball to hit it, and then I'll just throw in a changeup and it'll dive away from them, so it'll make him swing over top of it. Um, Righties, I throw it to them sometimes, but lefties, um, I don't think I had a lefty this past summer hit my changeup at all. I really get it away from their barrel and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think I have a pretty good pitch mix. It, it, it gets people off guard, uh, gets people swinging over the top of it or popping up or hitting ground balls. Okay, so you said over the past couple of years that you've worked quite a bit on your curveball. I guess, can I take us through the development of some of those pitches, you know, kind of specifically talking about the curveball, maybe as you've worked on some of those other pitches as well. What does that development look like through your eyes for some of those pitches? Uh, well, yeah. Um, so my curveball, I've obviously I had a curveball for a while, though, but like these past like three years, I like just tossed in a changeup because it's good to have three pitches rather than two. But I'll start with the curveball. I used to hold it with like two fingers. I used to hold it with my thumb and my middle finger on uh, on the seam and just try and get over that. 
but it, it wasn't like breaking enough. It was like kind of like staying out there for hitters um, to stay back on and really just like poke at it a little bit and get it up. So I switched to a spike grip where my pointer finger was knuckled up against the ball, but I still had that middle finger and that thumb on the ball uh, in that same position, but I tossed a little spike in there. So I also figured out that my curveball would curve more if I kept my wrist steady and threw it at threw it at the batter with my knuckles facing the batter. Um, got more spike on that, got more hitters off guard, swinging real over the ball the last time I threw it. Um, when I changed up that grip, it got way more hitters like off balance or just swinging over the top of it, not really being able to put a bat on it. Um, yeah, but going to the changeup, um, my changeup's kind of like weird. Like I have like this weird grip where um, I it's not like a two seam grip. I don't got my uh, it's a two seam grip, but I don't have my fingers on the two seams that you like see parallel to each other. It's kind of like holding it on the horseshoe of the baseball, and uh, I just get my middle finger and my uh, ring finger on the horseshoe of the ball. And um, I really let it like feeling it like my palm. Well, my main thing is throwing my palm at the pitcher. Oh no, sorry. The batter, I throw it at the batter and uh, it just rolls off my finger and uh, really dives away from the hitter's bats. Okay. So looking at your game's entirety here. So putting both of those sides together, the hitting side, the pitching side, maybe even playing a little bit of defense there at first base. If you were a scout watching your game, what would be that personal scouting report you'd write up on yourself? Um, I The personal scouting report I'd write on myself would be no matter like what the result of the play is, my chin's always up and I'm always, I'm always focusing on that play. But if something goes wrong, then I'm just – I'm I'm going to I'm going to let it fly by. I'm going to lock in for the next pitch or like on both sides of the field like if I make a bad play in the field then I want the next ball. I'm going to I'm going to get it in front of me or if I miss a pick then I'm ready for it again. I, I'm trying to make that next play any other opportunity I can get on the field side. Um like any mistake like shake it off like you have so many opportunities in the game of baseball to change the outcome of what you do next with that next ball that comes to you. <laughs> Uh, but like hitting, like, okay, okay people are going to pop up and stuff like that, ground ball. Um, I'm still hustling to first base. Um, I'm still getting off the field quick, getting on the field quick, uh, little little stuff like that. I wouldn't really – if I'm in a scouting report, I just make it on my hustle, my mental toughness, not like bad or good results. Those are always good, but you want to point out the little things like effort and mental toughness, hustle just little stuff like that I think is most important in my uh, scouting report. Okay, so digging into my last segment here, like I said there before we started recording, I do like digging into more of a personal side to end things off. You know, we got to let those state fans get to know who you are, you know, beyond just the baseball field. So, you know, beyond baseball, what are maybe some of those passions, some of those hobbies that you have that, you know, you just enjoy doing, maybe taking your mind off of some things? Uh, my first thing I would say that takes my mind off of things is probably playing my xbox with my friends i'm a i'm a big like fortnite uh cod guy just love like talking smack with my friends on the game like always just in competition with each other like i just can't have a 
chill lax moment on my during my hobby like it has to be a competition like you're always trying to be better than someone and it's just like that little mentality is just gives, gives you that thrive it's just have so much fun on the xbox but um my other hobby would definitely be fish, fishing uh fishing because it gets me in that like relaxing mood like i'll still go fishing with my friends and stuff like that but it gives you that patience to like cast it out there waiting for that big fish to come and then when you get it you just get that crazy adrenaline adrenaline rush and it's i'd say it's like the best feeling in the world when you get a fish hooked on it's 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 just different than anything you feel like you don't want to lose a fish so you gotta you gotta be careful with it you just really have to be patient and i love stuff like that yeah for sure so kind of moving from the passions to more of the motivation side here it's kind of take us through you know what is that that helps you get out of bed every morning help you continuously evolve as a ball player as a person you know what would be some of those key motivators um, I think my key motivator is 100% my parents. Like they have done so much for me throughout my whole life. Like everything, everything they've done for me, it's they've sacrificed so much for me. Like I got to wake up every day, go to school, do everything because they're pretty much sacrificing their life for me to have a better one. And I got to show them that effort that I could be good in the classroom be good out of school, just be good on the field, just really just stuff like that. Um, they're definitely my biggest motivators. Like I have someone that I need to work for, even if I'm like obviously not getting paid, but I got to work for them because they've sacrificed so much for me and um, I got to get things done. Okay. So, anyway, but, anyway. all right. So let's say you keep, you know, working for, you know, working for your parents, you know, making them proud, you know, just do, you know, just doing good things, you know, day in and day out basis. What would be that perfect picture of your life 20 years down the road? Uh, 20 years down the road. Um, I think, uh, I guess you could say like a pretty chill wife, like good personality, good smile, good, good everything. Just sitting in a cabin in like the middle of the woods, something like that, just kind of like isolated. Like I have like a, maybe like a lake near me just obviously go fishing and stuff like that. Maybe like two kids. That's, that's kind of like the perfect picture. Just having a great time with my family, just enjoying life, even uh, out of the baseball picture. Okay. All right. So I got six more questions here for you before we do end it off. I'm going to ask them in three rounds of two questions, going to kind of make it a rapid fire here. Um, so first round, coolest contact in your phone, scrolling through those contacts, who would be that coolest guy that you have there in those contacts? Second question, your go-to playlist, you know, whether that's uh, working out, whether that's maybe going for a drive. I know Kent State's there, you know, not too far away from you. So what, what would be that go-to playlist? Uh, my go-to playlist would definitely be something hip-hop. Like, I got a, I have a mix in there. It's like Drake, Future, Metro Boomin, 21 Savage, tossing like a little yeet. Um, those guys, uh, I love listening to them. They pump me up, just get me ready for any occasion, even if it's early in the morning. Like they pump me up to go work, go work hard. Uh, what was the other question? The, the first who, coolest contact in your phone. Coolest contact in my phone. Um, I have to say my coolest contact in my phone uh, would definitely be my, I think it would be my grandma because uh, my grandma's living in California. I don't get to see her much, but uh, I do FaceTime her often and 
she's just a really cool human being in my life. Love going out and visiting her. We go to baseball games together. We go eat together. And those are my two favorite things to do with her. Just enjoy a good game, whether it's like baseball, football, sitting around the TV, watching anything, but also going out to food, uh, get food with my grandma. Uh, I think we have great conversations to um, just wrap our life, just get catching up with each other whenever we can, having a good time. Okay, so lots of baseball out there in Cali. So when you're going out there, you know, what's that team you go watch? Uh, maybe what's that favorite stadium you have out there in Cali? Um, I guess kind of take, you know, what what's that looking like? Um, so they live in the San Diego area. So I love watching the Padres. My uh, my aunt's a season ticket holder there, and uh, she goes and watch the Padres all the time. She basically, basically works, like, right by the stadium. So whenever we can catch a game, we're going to – go watch the San Diego Padres. You got big stars there. It's just great to catch a game out there. Yeah. Always fun to go watch, uh, you know, Tatis Machado. I I hear a lot of great things about Petco Park. So that's, that's, that's one of my bucket lists that I got, I still got to get to, but um, definitely a beautiful stadium there in San Diego, but um, digging into the second set of two questions here for you. Let's say I am taking a trip to your part of Ohio. What would be some of those recommendations you got, whether that's something to do, whether that's a restaurant or two to check out, what would be some of those recommendations? And then let's say you're having dinner with three people, dead or alive, who would be at that table? So first, I think my recommendation to you would be, um, if it's the summertime, it's nice weather, we're going to Cedar Point. We're going to Cedar Point to get on some good roller coasters. Um, I think they're the best in the nation. Um, that you should have like a great time there. They offer pretty good food there and just pure entertainment. Uh, Ride weights are obviously a struggle, but you just got to be patient, man. Wait till you get that adrenaline rush when you go on those roller coasters. It's the time of your life. Yeah, especially if you get that fast pass. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, and then uh, three people I would have dinner with or have a – I'd say – I'd say Kobe. I'd say Kobe. Kobe's a pretty cool guy. Um, uh, Shaq. Shaq's a – Hilarious guy. I'd love to have uh, dinner with him. And then probably uh, probably Kevin Hart. Those those two guys, Shaq and Kevin Hart, um, two hilarious guys. Uh, I think they would um, just great make the night so great and just have, like, a good time. Just make me laugh a bunch because, I don't know, big and small, they might bicker a little bit, and I think I'd be there to enjoy that. Uh, but Kobe, I, I feel like I'd have a, a lot of questions for Kobe just – about like his basketball career and stuff like that and like you people always talk about his mamba mentality uh i want to know what his mamba mentality is like what it means to him not just like other people yeah for sure definitely interesting table there you, you definitely get a good mix of both you know having a little bit of fun conversations having a little conversation about basketball and having a good conversation about a good you know having a good mindset but final two questions here for you here on the jcare podcast first off tiktok for you page you know, what's that TikTok looking like as you're scrolling through? And then final question, dream NIL brand. You know, you get there to Kent State next fall. You get that opportunity to capitalize on your name, image, and likeness. What would be that dream brand to endorse, collaborate, or partner with? Got you. Um, my TikTok for you page is a lot of uh, just influencers, a lot of influencers. Obviously, everyone's an influencer on that app, but my for you page is like mostly like cooking videos. Um I love watching those guys cook up some crazy meals. Like 
man, if I had that in front of me right now, uh, I'd be having the time of my life. Those guys make some crazy meals on that app um, and just showcase it for their viewers to see. And those meals look so good, but I'm just so jealous. I can't have it in front of me right now. Um, dream NIL deal. I'd probably have to say, this might be a little basic, but I'd probably have to say Lululemon. They make, they're close. Obviously they're expensive, but if you get an NIL deal from them, uh, I think you get, you let it get the world. Like that brand is so comfortable, just everything, all their clothes, their hats, their socks, their underwear, their shorts or shirts, everything you wear there is just so comfortable. And obviously they sell dress pants and stuff like that. Like who doesn't want to look good in some Lululemon dress pants? Yeah, of course. Uh, all, all you Ohio guys repping that, that Lululemon, you know, I've heard that quite a bit the last couple of weeks, but um, anyway, man, you know, that, that's the final question here for you here on the JKR podcast, you know, really appreciate you coming on the show. It was great having you kind of great being you, kind of know everything you've got going on in your baseball career, but you know, again, man, just appreciate you coming on the show. No, thank you for having me, man. Today's episode sponsor is mine baseball located in Dallas, Texas. Their bats are made from 100% European beech wood, which allows for more density, which then leads to more power. I mean, who doesn't want more power? We all know chicks dig the long ball. Multiple studies prove that beech outperforms maple, birch, and ash that you're probably used to swinging. Beech wood straight grains mean for less breaks, and mine baseball exceeds the MLB regulations in that category. Are you also frustrated with seeing the dried paint spots on your barrel? Mine baseball uses a family secret technique that leaves a perfect finish every time. If you set their bat next to another brand, you will make sure that you see the difference. Lastly, they also use a built-in grip to reduce vibrations. It is the same technology that is used to reduce recoil in rifles. Make sure to check them out. Go find them on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, on Instagram, their username is at mine, M-I-N-E, baseball. Check them out, but let's dig into today's episode.